Hello. Hello. <laughs> Already starts great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Okay, so hi, <laughs> welcome back. Yes. Um, Hello, welcome back to Unscientific Scientist Podcast. My name is Sophia. Oh yeah, hi, I'm Maya. I feel like we don't even say the the podcast name at all. Kind of, yeah. Even though I really love our podcast name, honestly. I know. Like, it, it was just like... We came up with the idea and it was just perfect. It, it just it just came to me. It was like... <laughs> it was divine intervention. It was... Okay, this is it. So this is our second time trying to record this. Third time rescheduling. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully your voice is back, Maya. I yeah, hope you're doing I, I great feel again. great. I'm good. Perfect. Um, last time my voice was not playing along it started to go away like five minutes into recording so i like we were like no yeah sit, sit down you tried exactly okay so i don't know if if anyone is keeping up with like who's doing the research or who's doing the other like the story part whatever we stuck with the previous episode situation because we have something very fun planned for april yes today i've done the research too like the last episode um, yes and i did the story as well yes so i have been bullied into being better at research and shorter so <laughs> i shortened up my research yes great <laughs> thank you thank you okay. for the applause Thank you. Well, okay. then, Maya, tell us what are we going to hear about today from you? Give me a sec. Let me put my everything on. Well, she's doing that. I'm doing a disclaimer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. For our accents. Idea. We will make up words. We will mispronounce words. It's, yeah, it's like normal for us. So laugh with us. Yeah. So we're going to talk about stem cells today. Yes. So what are stem cells? Stem cells are cells that are all other specialized cells are generated from. Under the right conditions, either in the body or in a laboratory, stem cells divide to more cells and those called daughter cells. So these daughter cells become either new stem cells or they specialize into different kinds, such as like blood cell, brain cell, heart muscle cell, or bone cell. And this is called differentiation very important cells yeah and actually like the only ones that can do this so no other cell in the body can do this mm. so let's do a little timeline just the most important steps i would say in 1888 so it was like what like 150 years ago do the math i don't know math kind of <laughs> something like that <laughs> <laughs> wait so 1888 so that's 1988 and yeah, it's like about 130, 130, 140, something like this, I think. Good enough. Anyways. Yeah, that's so. why I said it's good. It's fine. <laughs> Close enough. So the term stem cell was created by German scientist Theodor Bovary and uh, Valentin Hacker. And in 1958, the first therapy using stem cells was a bone marrow transplant performed by a French oncologist. I'm not going to say I can try, but Georges Mathe 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 
do the French accent. I can do it. <laughs> I don't see the words in front of me. I can't George, George, George. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyways, so this French oncologist performed bone marrow transplant. Bone marrow transplant. This is complicated language. On five workers, and all the workers survived, which is great news. You don't like the TikTok? Great success. <laughs> I spent too much time on TikTok. So this bone marrow transplant transplant is that like he did take stem cells from someone else and mm -hmm. gave them to them, and mm -hmm. that's why they survived because they got the they the differentiated to the right kind of cells they needed or they were lacking. The workers. Yeah, like they had some kind of accident at work. I don't know what exactly, but they needed bone marrow transplant. But the big thing was that he performed it on people that were not related and everyone survived. Okay, yeah. And in 19... Yes, in 1963, Ernest McCulloch and James Still demonstrated the existence of stem cells. So before that, it was just like, a, hey, we could maybe do this and maybe it would help people. But in 1963, they were actually like, hey, this is a stem cell. Here you go. So before that, they were they like experimented with it without even knowing what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. I mean, like the term itself was created. So they it was kind of like an idea. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And then it was like, it's kind of like the DNA theory, right? So before that, they were like, oh, what is, what is DNA? What is, what is the inheriting factor in it? Is it the proteins? Is it, is it the, I mean, all um, acids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, up until, you know, they actually could perform like an experiment with it. It wasn't, it was just an idea. Yeah, but it worked, luckily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about Dolly the Sheep in 1997. Mm -hmm. Ian Walmart and his colleagues in Edinburgh, they kind of like revealed this Dolly. It's a sheep, obviously. No shit. <laughs> um, and it was the first artificial animal clone. This process involved fusing a sheep egg with another cell and implanting the resulting hybrid into a surrogate mother sheep. Okay, like IVF? Yeah, basically. Okay. Researchers speculate that uh, similar hybrids made by fusing human embryonic stem cells with adult cells from a particular person could be used to create gen genetically matched tissues and organs. So they basically just made a clone. Okay, but like the aim wasn't to prove that you can clone someone, but it was like that these stem cells can turn into anything, right? Mm -hmm. So if they do that and they, I don't know, someone needs a liver and they can grow a liver from those stem cells, exactly. basically, in mm -hmm. theory. But do they need an egg for that? Or was that just because like they did that clone? Was that just for the clone? Yeah, they obviously they need an egg, but... Okay, so, they, so it can grow... Yeah, we're going to talk about clones a little bit later, which okay. uh, I will explain like how the whole shit works. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they needed an egg and they made a clone. Just a question. Did you ever learn any of uh, any about this information in your studies? Yeah. Like at uni? 
Yeah. Because like, if I remember right, like I didn't really like just like as an overview, obviously, but like not in detail. Yeah, I have. Uh, I mean, you're you're in anthrop- anthropology, you know, yeah, like why would different. you learn about cloning and stuff? I mean, it's why not? <laughs> <laughs> why would I mean, you want to clone me, people? <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean that like it's not really part of the anthropology part. I know, you know I know. I mean? Yeah, yeah. You right. might have learned about it in like an extra class or something, but I don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, keep going. Okay, so in 2006, scientists at Newcastle University in England created the first ever artificial liver cells using umbilical cord stem cells. Mm-hmm. In between and after this, so after like 2006, there have been a lot more, you know, developments and everything like that, but all of them are waiting peer reviews and like, you know, to make sure that it's actually true and not just a theory and like, things like that. So I'm not even going to bore you with it. These are kind of like the big important steps that happened with stem cells. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why do we research stem cells at all? So we want to understand how diseases occur. So by watching stem cells mature into like different cells, like bones, cells, or heart muscle cells. I cannot, what is this? Heart muscle cells. <laughs> yes. Heart <laughs> muscle cells or nerves and other organs and tissues. Researchers can like better understand like how diseases occur and like how dis- uh, how different con- conditions happen, you know? Mm. They can also generate healthy cells to replace cells that are affected by disease. This is also called regenerative medicine. So people who might benefit from uh, stem cell therapies include those with like spinal cord injuries or like uh, type 1 diabetes, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, stroke, burns, cancer, osteoporosis, like a lot of stuff. And also test, like we can test new drugs for safety and effectiveness on these cells, right? So uh, before actually using investigational drugs on people, researchers can just use some type of like stem cells to test if the drug is safe or like, is it a good quality? Oh, that's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. So where do the stem cells come from? So we have multiple stem cell sources, if you want to say it like that. So embryonic, we have also, we have embryonic stem cells and these uh, stem cells come from embryos that are three to five days old and at this stage an embryo is called blastocyst and has about like 150 cells sounds like parasite to me a what parasite oh par- <laughs> what <laughs> why i don't know what did you just say place uh, what was they called blastocyst blastocysts you know that the sounds evil oh well (laughs) (laughs) if you if you say it like that it kind of sounds like an alien no yes it's a blastocyst (laughs) get my i don't know crucifix crucifix no i was trying (laughs) to make like a star wars or like a star trek reference but it did not work get my lightsaber yeah, get my lightsaber or my 
wave gun or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so we also have adult stem cells. And these stem cells are uh, found in small numbers in most adult tissues, such as like bone marrow or fat. Even in fat? Yeah. I thought it was only like in the bones and like, uh, I don't know. No, I mean, these are just like a small numbers, you know, like it's not like an actual, like a, like an embryonic stem cell or like we're okay. later going to talk about like a perinatal stem cells. But yeah, obviously, like you, you have... You have it everywhere. My next sentence is basically going to answer your question. So, but okay. compared to embryonic stem cells, adult stem cells have a more limited ability to differentiate into various cells of the body. So mm. they can just turn into everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. New evidence suggests that adult stem cells may be uh, able to create various types of cells. For instance, bone marrow stem cells uh, may be able to create bone or heart cells heart muscle okay. cells makes sense yeah but it's just like less versatile i guess we also have adult cells that are that 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 have been altered to have properties uh similar to embryonic stem cells this is uh kind of like a new technique and it uh, allows like to, the use of of uh, reprogrammed cells instead of embryonic stem cells like i said before and uh, prevent immune system rejection of the stem cells of like the new stem cells because it's it's yours you know that's so cool mm -hmm. but it's kind of like so new that we don't know whether like using altered adult cells will kind of cause any kind of effects in humans okay so they're not practicing it yet but it's like still researching it yeah i would say yeah okay and uh, the the fourth and the last one is perinatal stem cells and um, these are stem cells in amniotic fluid as well as in an uh, umbilical cord blood yes and uh, these stem cells have the ability to change into uh, specialized cells just like any other stem cells no shit so where do these embryos come from that we get all these stem cells, you know, like the blastocyst and everything. So mm -hmm. the embryos being used in embryonic stem cell research come from eggs that were fertilized in vitro fertilization clinics, but never were implanted in, um, in women. So there were leftovers? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but like in, in, um, in, in, in clinics like that, usually they make like a bunch of embryos and they like out of like maturation and like they measure stuff, they decide which ones are the best quality. And after that, like, you know, they already out there trying to make designer babies. I mean, yeah, kind of, but it's like at that point, it's not really about like designing. It's about like vitality which one obviously yes it was a joke but like i know i know but we're we're on a good way to get there actually i mean it's it's possible like people i don't think in in in, in europe it's possible but anywhere else basically yeah like they they actually do this like you can choose the eye color hair color whatever the fuck like oh you can actually already do that yeah 
damn i didn't know that i i know that it was possible i didn't know people would already do that you know like yeah but it depends on the on the physical like where yeah because like i i doubt it's a thing in america i doubt it's a thing in in europe you know probably like asia or something well well crazy crazy world yeah anyways so yeah the stem cells are donated with consent of the donors so like if you have leftovers you can donate stem cells and uh, the stem cells can live and grow in in like a special solution and like test test tubes or like petri dishes in laboratories mm -hmm. so it's not like we're growing legs in a petri dish petri dish anyways okay so obviously there's a controversy about using embryonic sense about what yeah i my brain okay so obviously there's a controversy about using embryonic stem cells because mm -hmm. i don't know people are if a baby or what yeah hmm. i i kind of disagree that's a topic it. for another episode exactly <laughs> it's like it's complicated but yeah let's whatever. not get into it yeah that's not why can't we research with adult stem cells instead of, of embryonic stem cells, right? Research uh, into adult, adult stem cells is promising, but they are, like I mentioned before, they are not as versatile as embryonic stem cells. Mm -hmm. And adult stem cells are also more likely to contain abnormalities due to like environmental hazard, hazard, hazards, <laughs> uh, such as like toxins or like errors, what, uh, that happened during the, the the cell replication, things like that. Mm -hmm. Have we already, what do you think? Have people already used uh, stem cells to treat diseases? Yes, 100%. Yeah. That's what my stories are about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Some forms of cancer, I think, can be treated by it, like blood, exactly. blood cancer or something. Exactly. Literally, but my next that's couple of honestly, all I know. <laughs> yeah. So doctors have performed stem cell transplant, transplants, also known as bone marrow transplants. In stem cell transplants, stem cells replace cells damaged by chemotherapy or disease, or uh, serve as a way to for like the donor, donor, for the donors' immune system to fight some type of like cancer and like mm -hmm. blood related issues mostly we're talking about leukemia lymphoma neuroblastoma or like myelomas things like that these transplants usually use adult stem cells or umbilical cord blood yes so researchers also uh, are testing adult stem cells to treat degenerative diseases and heart failure Oh, okay, nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit. No, let's talk a little bit about therapeutic cloning. Okay, so therapeutic yes. cloning, also called somatic cell nuclear transfer, is a technique to create versatile stem cells in, uh, independent of fertilized eggs. So in this technique, the nucleus is removed from the Daphne, stop snoring. What the fuck? 
It was just getting interesting. Sorry. Okay. In this technique, the nucleus is removed from an unfertilized egg. This nucleus contains a genetic material, obviously. Um, and uh, the nucleus is also removed from the cell of the donor. Mm-hmm. This donor nucleus is then injected into the cell, I mean the egg, replacing the nucleus that was removed. And in this, uh, in, a, in a process, it's called the nuclear transfer, anyways. And yes, so the egg, the egg. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice one. The, the deg. Okay. So then the deg divides and forms a blastocyst. This process creates a, a line of stem cells that is genetically identical to the donor cells. In essence, okay. basically it's you got to help me out here quick. So okay. you put we the have... nucleus in this in this um, stranger's egg. Okay. Yes. So basically where the nucleus was eggs. before removed. Yes. But the egg has also its own DNA, right? Okay. We have two eggs, okay? We have a donor yeah. egg and the person's egg. And we have two eggs, okay? Yes. So we remove the nucleus from the donor egg. So there's no mm-hmm. more genetic material in that egg. Yeah, you can then, throw it away, right? Exactly. And then we take the person's egg, we take the nucleus from that egg, and we put that into the donor egg. Okay, yes, understood. And because of that, it's a clone. From the donor. From the donor, no. It's the clone of the human in the donor egg. You get it? (laughs) Okay, yes, 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 because that's the nucleus you put in there. Exactly, that's the genetic material that we want to replicate. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, I I was just quickly confused because i know it's not never that mind easy. i don't want to i don't want to make it any more complicated but i think i got it it's it's really hard to kind of understand if you don't have it like in front of you mm-hmm. once you see like a like a diagram maybe i will put that somewhere once you see a diagram of like how it actually is done it's really not that complicated okay but yeah and then we have a clone cool some researchers believe that stem cells divide from therapeutic cloning may benefit over those from fertilized egg because cloned uh, cells are less likely to be rejected once the transplanted once they are transplanted back into that into the donor why because it's genetically identical okay okay but are people already do that, doing that um that's like a no moral line, in my opinion. I yeah ethical so, line, but like I mean, people do everything. Okay, so uh, in in people, it has not been successful, like actual human beings. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> but they tried. Apparently. We haven't. We haven't been able to <laughs> stop. Yeah. No. <laughs> we haven't been able to successfully perform therapeutic cloning with humans, but uh, it has been very successful in other species. Okay. This word therapeutical cloning just sounds so wrong. Um, why? Why therapeutical? Because you, 
you get stem cells from it, which you can use as for like therapeutic causes. Okay. Yeah. True. That's it. Okay. 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 Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, oh, I just dropped my phone. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> it, there, we can, we have carpet everywhere, so it's fine. Okay. So the European Union has yet to issue, um, like consistent regulations with, uh, like to stem cells and stem cell research, but Germany, Austria, Italy, Finland, Portugal, and the Netherlands, they prohibit or very severely restrict the use of embryonic stem cells. Greece, Sweden, Spain, and the United Kingdom have created the legal basis to support this research. So they allow it basically. Oh, okay. Belgium bans reproductive cloning, but allows therapeutic cloning of embryos. Mm-hmm. France uh, prohibits reproductive cloning and embryo, recreation, uh, embryo creation for research purposes. So mostly they are banned or they are very, very restricted in the EU. Okay. China prohibits human reproductive cloning, but allows the uh, creation of human embryos for research and therapeutic purposes. Okay. India banned in 2004 reproductive cloning, permitted therapeutic cloning. So basically reproductive cloning is a big no-no mostly everywhere. But I wonder like, why. <laughs> I wonder because that's that's what we fucking need as a as a human species, clones of us. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so Brazil has passed a legislation to permit stem cell research using excess in vitro fertilized embryos that have been frozen for at least three years. So they allow it, but they have got guidelines how to and like what to what they can use in mm-hmm. the U- in the United States federal law places restrictions on funding and the use of um, embryonic stem cells Canada so Canada is kind of a little bit different Canada basically announced the first ever guidelines for human pluripotent stem cell research the federal the federal granting agencies agreed that no research with human induced pluripotent stem cells would be funded without review and approval from the stem cell oversight committee. So they basically have a big organization that says that will like look through the research and everything that you want to do. And they will say that like, yeah, you can do it or not. Or not. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's it. That's my that's my what (laughs) (laughs) no I was good it was great and it was was short like you yeah like you wanted yeah and I like that me now (laughs) I'm joking (laughs) I'm joking I wasn't bullied just a little bit (laughs) okay so well I guess then it's my turn now Mm -hmm. so I couldn't really find like one long big exciting story about stem cells that's why I found like three different small ones which also give you an idea what you can do on a personal basis about 
with stem cells basically ah, okay, okay. because you can donate them if you want to Ah, oh, oh obviously my god. Okay, I fucking thought you're gonna start, like, talking about, like, biohacking and stuff, like, how, no. what to do with your own, own no. stem cells. No, 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 no. Every person from the age of, I think, 18 until 70 or earlier, at some age, you, you're not allowed to donor stem cells anymore, but, you know... Uh, early to middle age, you can register as a stem cell stem cell owner donor, not owner. <laughs> Everyone is a stem cell owner. Yeah, and what they do is like they take a little, I think DNA tests, your saliva or something, and then you are you're gonna you're gonna be registered, analyzed, and put into a data bank. If someone somewhere in the world has, for example blood cancer and needs stem cells for his treatment then they will analyze his dna or his blood or whatever i don't know how it works and they will look through the data bank and if they find a match which mm -hmm. fits then you get a call and they ask you hey you registered you uh, could donor you could save a life basically okay but we're talking about bone marrow or blood or what anything bone marrow transplant okay so i think what they do in these procedures is they take out stem cells from your bones somewhere mm -hmm. but i didn't went into detail no i mean th that's fine i was just curious like what kind yeah. like do you donate eggs or no like no what? no no. you're not donating eggs you're you're donating bone adult marrow. stem cells mm -hmm. yes bone marrow and I think there are two different kind of procedures how they could get to this. Ouch, sorry. Did <laughs> you hit the funny bone? <laughs> Luckily not. Okay, good. So there are two different kind of procedures depending on which kind of, I don't what know, what exactly they need, yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I am personally registered as a um, stem cell donor hmm. since, like, I don't know, since two three years or something didn't get the call never... yet <laughs> they didn't no they never it's... called you to like hey give me your bone marrow someone needs it well i i, I guess i wasn't a match for someone yet hmm. you would think so that that's more it's possible that you never get it. a call hmm. that's interesting yeah okay so i will start with my first story Yes, please. Sorry, I will stop interrupting you. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. Ask questions if you have them. So the first story about stem cell donation. After, I, I honestly, this is, I have to say this is an article. I just read it out loud because it's a short story and okay. yeah, there's no need to make it any shorter by summing it up. Okay. Okay. So after the 22-year-old forgot he'd signed up to the Anthony Nolan Stem Cell Register at the age of 16, Callum received a, uh, received a call as he was going to university in 2019. He was excited to hear he was a genetic match for a blood cancer patient in America desperately needing a stem cell transplant. Callum said, I didn't hesitate in saying I'd, go, I'd do it after they told me I was the best possible match. It was extinctive for me, knowing I could have had could have a huge impact on someone's life. 
After medical checks to make sure he was fit and healthy, Callum donated his, donated his stem cells in London. A few months later, he was able to contact the person he don donated to, and to his relief, she and her family replied saying she was recovering well. Callum said that was the most emotional moment for me, receiving a letter telling me she was alive. Two years oh. after donating, Callum learned the patient was called Diane and was continuing to do well since the transplant. She had been diagnosed with two aggressive forms of leukemia and had needed a stem cell transplant to save her life. It was long before Diane offered Callum the chance to travel to Pennsylvania, USA, 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 to meet her and her family. Callum jumped at the chance and booked flights for him and his girlfriend to spend Thanksgiving across the pond. From the second I saw her at the airport, meeting Diane was so natural. I felt like I already knew her and we didn't feel like strangers at all, said Callum. He continued, I cannot recommend I cannot recommend Regison to be a stem cell donor enough. It's an easy process that can have an absolutely huge impact on not just one person's life, but their entire family and friendship circle. Aww. Diane said, for... For my Sorry, doctor to like... have, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I'm just like giving you like voice feedbacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very cute and emotional cute. story. Diane said, "For my doctor to have found a perfect donor match was incredible news. Then to find out it was a young man from London who saved my life without hesitation was just amazing to hear." If they fucking him... fall in love and get married. <laughs> And have 14 kids, I will shit my pants. <laughs> well, here before it said Callum visited her with his girlfriend, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Well, that's not good now. <laughs> yeah. Callum is my guardian angel, and to have the opportunity to host him and his girlfriend over for Thanksgiving holiday was a true blessing. I'm so thankful for Anthony Nolan and will be forever grateful to Callum for his kind of selfless sacrifice. Aww. Callum's compassionate nature does not stop at being stem cell donor, as he also spends his time saving lives as a lifeguard, often in cold water emergencies throughout the winter. Hmm. So he's he's kind of have like a like a severe severe situation going on. I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Callum's nice. compassionate nature does not stop at being a stem cell donor, as he also spends his Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the same. Oh, yeah. Sophia, we already know that. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> there we go. Now I'm right. The charity Anthony Nolan is calling on more young men like Callum to join its stem cell register. As research shows, men between the ages of 16 and 30 have the most success donating. Young Why, men are... Mostly men are sick? Sorry? Why? Because mostly men are sick? No, no, no. Um, the census is saying that uh, young men are the best uh, source to get healthy and good stem cells from. Yeah, I'm, I was just curious, like, why? I will okay. answer that question okay. because okay. I, I had the same question when I read the story. That's why I'm I'll, reading it. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> you will listen to it and uh, you will hear the answer in a minute. Mm -hmm. Young men are selected for over half of all donations, yet make up for just 18% of potential donors. So men, go register. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's the story. 
so I was reading the story and I was like, okay, why are young men between the age of 16 and 30 the best source for stem cells? Mm-hmm. So I Google it. <laughs> and it says here, transplant centers continue to prefer to select male donors because on average, more stem cells can be collected from male donors. Physicians select males three out of four times because they tend to be physically larger and therefore yield more blood stem cells at the time ah, of collection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's the reason. Makes sense. And in another article, it said was also said they do for better, they recover faster, and the patients go on not only to survive the transplant but thrive mm-hmm. with male donor okay. stem cells apparently okay yeah okay i'll give them a pass this time <laughs> but yeah everywhere i read it it says like we need more male stem cell donors please register yeah do you think that's do you think that's the same for wait never mind that makes no sense forget it so, and the other thing is, here it says, however, men between 70 and 35 years of age make up fewer than 1 in 10 donations. Mm-hmm. So, male donors in that age group who are not Caucasian are much rarer. A Caucasian patient has a 90% chance of finding a match, while a non-white patient has less than 10%. So, mm-hmm. much less of a chance because the... I, I don't know, because I guess the majority of stem cell donors are Caucasian. Mm-hmm. No idea. Well, the thing is that, like, for example, uh, just in general, in, in, medic- in the medical field, for example, like uh, African-Americans, they, they have a really hard time, you know, like getting around because just I know that this is not really like the particular case for this, but like racial bias is a real thing. Yes, that's what I thought too. Like, for example, uh, black patients get less uh, painkillers, for example, for the same situation that would that a white person would have. And if you want to throw in another card in there, if the patient is black and uh, like a woman, you're fucked because you're you're not getting a fair treatment. And it's not really talking about like the, the medical personnel. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just the racial bias that people have, like in their back of their brain. It's it's it might not even be conscious decisions and stuff like that. I mean, I totally understand it, and that's a thing that's totally unfair. But I think in this situation, it's not that there's a racial bias, oh, no, but no, there's yeah. just like not enough exactly black people who are registered as stem cell donors. That's exactly. What but I was trying to say with this, my. ADHD brain just like jumped from one thing to another <laughs> anyways but like yeah what I was trying to say with this is like racial bias does exist in the medical field but on the other hand even though we are very very similar genetically they are still different yes so obviously exactly. there's gonna be a little bit of a difference with anything that they get yeah I'm sorry like I I, I started like a, a thought process and I got halfway and then I just stopped there whatever (laughs) that's like because of like this topic I also found like the second story about Zoe who donated 
even twice hurt themselves to the same person i think to different people but the thing is she was inspired to sign up for the blood stem cell register when she learned that her tissue type was rare as she is from a mixed heritage so see yeah yeah they need more people like her basically that's good i'm gonna ask lauren if he's he's a donor yeah do that because he's a and man you yourself can register as well mm. but yeah lauren would be basically probably perfect or like they would be happy to have mm. like to get another donor like him i'll ask so right now and like honestly um registering to sell donate as first out oh my god english <laughs> See, very hard for, i mean like this fucking word this word is like a tongue breaker stem cells donor like you can register very easily like you just google stem cell donation and then your location basically and then there's normally like a company or whatever the next page that tells you hey you can get register here sign up and then they deliver a little tiny package to your house where you take a saliva test or whatever they saliva? need from you yes mm-hmm. and then you it's send it back they, yeah it's when they uh like scrub your the inside of your mouth a little bit like you know yes exactly and then you send it back and then they analyze it and then you register and this is like for free like you don't have to pay for this and it actually is super quick so do you get like, like a a full genetical no thing or they just like do it for themselves so you don't get any feedback you don't get any feedback what you have okay. or something. You just get like when I did it, they called me actually to ask a question because like I clicked a box if I take a medication mm-hmm. regularly. And at that time I was still taking some pills against my allergic, my dust mites allergy. Mm-hmm. So she was asking, okay, how long are you taking them? Because like obviously they need disinformation and stuff from you what you're taking and i said well it's um i'm gonna be done with it in a few months and then i i'm not taking it anymore and she's okay well great then at that point we can give you free as a stem cell donor if someone needs you basically Mm -hmm. so that is all information i got from them i got an email with a um, information video and text about the procedures that could be done if you are selected as a donor and obviously even though you're registered and then you get a call hey you're a match can you donor you are still allowed to say no so it's everything is it's for free and honestly it's just a good thing to do like you could literally save someone's life with this Mm -hmm. i asked him he said he's not a he's not a donor and it's a weird question (laughs) (laughs) okay then i explained him that like men and mixed men are the best yeah so that was also new, new information for me but mm-hmm. yeah i think because of this i'm gonna read this little story um, as well mm-hmm. about this zoe okay give and me give me the give me zoe <laughs> okay that first phone call finding out i was a match was both exciting and nerve-wracking 
What did this mean? What is the procedure? But the team explained everything so well, I couldn't have been more informed. On my first donation day, I checked into the hospital and was looked after by an amazing team who explained everything clearly. And to be honest, the actual donation was, was painless. The GCSF injections that you take four days prior to do donating are a little discomforting, but looking at the bigger picture and the reason for those injections, you really can't complain. Those injections boosted my stem cells so much, I donated nearly double what the patient needed. Oh, all the people I've spoken have spoken to. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all the people I've spoken to both times have been informative and carrying along the journey. The staff and the, at the hospital were fantastic. Just a lovely, friendly team. Immediately after donation, I was tired for a few days, but there was absolutely no pain whatsoever. Knowing I have donated my stem cells, potentially saving someone's life is surreal, but also a lovely, rewarding feeling. A few days out of my life has potentially given someone the rest of theirs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was just wanted to read this little story to give a picture on how the procedure would go and if it's is it pain that is, mm -hmm. does, is it like painful or not. Mm -hmm. Because, like, obviously... It's, it's kind of it's, scary. It sounds, yeah, it sounds scary. Yeah. They take stem cells from your bone. This sounds painful yeah, yeah, yeah. normally. Yeah. So, yeah. But so obviously... If if you think about uh, donating, don't let it scare you. It's not horrible. Like yes, exactly. Not life-threatening. Yes. Donors in high demand. Donors of African, Caribbean, and other Black heritage are always in high demand. There mm -hmm. are some illnesses such as multiple meal myeloma and sickle cell disease mm -hmm. that disappropriately affect people from these backgrounds yep so and then there's this other comment from zoe people who are from a similar heritage to mine will often wait longer for donations there's a shortage of our tissue type on the register due to the lo low rate of donors who sign up to the organizations like dkms from my community so yeah another saying Go register everyone yes <laughs> but see like that's 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 what i was trying to say with this mm -hmm. that like because of like racial bias you know obviously yeah they probably trust from, less into exactly, the medical exactly yes that makes obviously sense it just everything is connected true okay and then the third one i had yeah the third one is a bit a little bit different because oh no there is it's, it, it, yeah. somebody die yes <laughs> god fucking damn it sophia <laughs> god fucking damn it seriously yeah. i was i was about to say that like oh this is such a nice episode it's so nice and like everything's oh, yeah. happy and like nice. <laughs> i could leave it out like, if you don't want to hear like it. getting their life fucking saved from England to America and they're coming to Thanksgiving to each other. <laughs> no, <Nope>. sorry. <laughs> it wouldn't be us. It wouldn't be us. Yeah. Okay. Give it to me. Who's dying? Okay. Well, okay. You won't like this. I'm <laughs> I have to oh, see yeah. where I want to start. The last one too. Why didn't you start with okay. this? Yeah, I was just thinking maybe I should have started with this. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Well, we're being authentic. Okay. <laughs> Who's dying? If it's a kid, so. I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> you're, you're kidding with me. 
You are fucking kidding. I, I, I don't really don't want to laugh because the story is really sad. <laughs> what the fuck? This is not funny. I'm not laughing. God damn it, Sophia. Okay. So, <clears throat> okay. Cancer patient Sophie died in 2013 after the frozen cells were used in a bone marrow plant transplant at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Three of three other children also died, but a more successful grand grafting of the cells would not have prevented their deaths, the coroner said. Eight children so in total not... had problems after the treatment in Quest hurt. So there's not one kid dead. There's three kids dead in this story. Yeah, I think even more. So the thing is like the story, it's about um this bone marrow transplant in a hospital that treats i guess um children Kids. with cancer mm -hmm. okay yeah great so great ormond street hospital hospital said tests carried out before the transplant had found no problems the court heard the hospital had been freezing the stem cells using the same method for 10 years and like for 10 years it was no problem there were no it issues. worked okay. yes but in june 20 uh, 2013 concerns were first raised after Sophie from Sunbury, Surrey, did not make prog progress after she had the treatment. Was it from the same person? Or was it? Cells? Yeah. No, they were, I, I guess from donors, but like they were frozen Different donors. before. Mm -hmm. Okay. In July of that year, 13-month-old Ryan from Burnmouth died. Sophie died a week later on 17th of July, while four-year-old Katie Joyce from Hertfordshire died in October. Five-year-old Moana Alhayani, who had come from Kuwait for treatment, died in August 2014. Moana. All were treated at the hospital at the same time, but the inquest heard they died at different times because of their differing illnesses. The treatment was stopped in October. You killed Moana? <laughs> you killed Moana. Okay. <laughs> Muhana. I don't know how to Muana. I don't know how to say the name, but no, yeah. That's that's fine, Sophia. That's that's okay. So now about why the treatment just stopped working. Mm -hmm. The bone marrow transplant were meant to give the sick children a buffer against the unwanted side effects of the chemotherapy treatment mm -hmm. they had received for their cancer. Mm -hmm. Chemotherapy wipes out healthy immature blood cells, known as stem cells, as well as cancerous ones. And so before it is given, doctors store healthy blood cells in the freezer. Once the chemotherapy has been given, the frozen cells can be thawed and transfused back, known as a bone marrow transplant, to the patient to replenish them. Mm -hmm. Great Ormond Street Hospital said it carried out the usual tests before giving the bone marrow transplant, and these hadn't thrown up any problems the mystery was finally solved by stem cell expert dr michael watts from university college london hospital in houston uh, what Houston? Houston? i don't know houston no it's not houston that's america yeah that's why i was uh <laughs> confused for a second it's e-u-s-t-o-n i just mispronounced it i don't know e <laughs> e Easton, maybe Easton. I don't know. Easton, whatever. Anyway, Is he had been called. Yeah, it's in England, I think. Okay. Yeah, London. 
he had been called in to make an independent report ahead of an inquest into the deaths. Mm -hmm. He ran the same tests as the great Ormond Street doctors and, like them, could see no problem with the cells that had been frozen and then thawed. He explains, when my lab received the samples to test, we thought them and did the usual cell count test and viability test. These are industry-wide tests used to check enough of the stored cells, immature blood cells called stem cells, have survived, survived the freezing process and are still alive. They looked absolutely super, superb. Superb, yeah. They were in good shape, recalls Dr. Watts. Then he ran an extra check. This function test looked at whether the cells would grow in the lab. This would indicate if they would work as they were meant to in the patient. Mm -hmm. All right, there we go. We were astonished when we got the function test results. The cells didn't grow properly. Unfortunately, cells are like people. They start to lose their function and then they die. The usual tests wouldn't pick up on this. Dr. Watts said Great Ormond Street had followed current best practice guidelines. Few centers use the function test because it takes weeks to get results rather than hours, he said. Mm -hmm. It would not be reasonable to ask hospitals to do function tests on every sample. It's a tool that researchers use really. But it would be reasonable to recommend that hospitals use it to validate their, their freezing process, he said. So does that mean that they were frozen for too long or they were frozen not correctly? Mm, I don't know. Okay. Honestly, it doesn't say it here anywhere. Wait, let me list the last sentence. Okay. The way that stem cells are frozen, stored, and then defrosted for use is important because there is a chance that the cells can be damaged in the process. Mm -hmm. I guess somewhere Somewhere there, in between. There had to be, because, yes, because with the freezing. Because said, like they used this technique for 10 years and it worked, you know. Well, yeah, but he said like the like uh, stem cells are just like people. Like the longer they are, the less they work. Mm -hmm. Like the yeah. older they are. I Maybe guess. they were too old. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Great. So Sophia killed Moana and three other kids uh, in hey. the last story for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just making fun of you. It's, I love you. Amen. Don't be mad at me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I get. As a, I mean, that's the end of the story. Wait, maybe there's here something about how they are stored. The cells are mixed with a special solution to stop any potentially damaging ice crystals forming inside the cells. For example. Mm -hmm. They are frozen in liquid nitrogen in fully controlled tanks. The temperature is continuously monitored and connected to an alarm. The most critical part of the procedure is thawing. Mm -hmm. That's when, in principle, things can go wrong. You may not get as many cells as you expected and you want as many possible because the more cells you give the patient, the better in terms of clinical outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are patients so, who do not graft well, do not respond enough, and who are may require a second go, but adverse incidents are very rare, he said. So it was just a fluke. Yeah. Poor babies. Yeah, it's very it's tragic and obviously horrible. But you know, this I had to search the internet a long time to find a bad story about stem cells donation. So, so you went out of your way to find this story? <laughs> I mean 
<laughs> I don't know. I thought the, oh. the if with just the two of them would be too short. So I it's get trying. it. I get it. But you get more. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting story, you know, if you I get mean, an insight on how, what they have to think of in this yeah. field, just it's like crazy. How, how it works and like they freeze it, how they freeze it, how they thaw it out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that there's like multiple tests that they can do to make sure. I mean, like, I know that they do the initial like genetic testing to see like, what are you yeah. like, you know? But I didn't know that they can test like the function, like how they function afterwards. Yeah. And the something. vitality of them and etc. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. That's <clears throat> it. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the drama, Sophia. Okay. You're welcome. I mean, we couldn't just leave the episode without one, right? That's you, kind of our thing. <laughs> you can just be happy and listen to nice stories with us. That's not our yeah. brand, okay? But I don't I don't want to discourage anyone no. with this story. Like, Why really would you not? discourage anyone? That's actually the opposite. Imagine yeah. that they would have died without anyways. Yeah, true. So with stem cells, you can help people. You can't really kill people with it. No. If I ever get the call, I'll tell you. Please. But so far, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. So, do we have anything else left? Other than that, we are very excited for the next month's episode. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. I'm kind of yeah. scared a little bit, but <laughs> we'll yes, see. It requires a little bit of preparation. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, if you want to call it that, yeah, preparation and braveness. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I'm, be tuned I'm for next month's episode, people. It's yeah. gonna be fun. It's gonna be messy. I yes, know. I know messy. that one. <laughs> I already apologize for the broken English. We're gonna. Oh, whatever. that's gonna that's gonna get, just get worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I think so too. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, I guess your homework now is to get Lauren to register. <laughs> yeah, we will see. Would he do? Would he do it? Yeah, he's a. I think he's an organ donor too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. But we'll see. Alrighty. This this episode feels so short. I don't know. It does. It does feel short. <laughs> but honestly, I think we needed to compensate for the episode before this because that was long. Yeah. Once so, in a while, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's okay. We're not on a Perfect. time limit, so. Exactly. We can do what we want. Plus, yeah, like this is our podcast, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening, coming back. Yes. Hopefully, Sophia didn't traumatize you too much. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, see you next month, guys, and have a great month. That is so horrible. Stop saying that. Why? I just because, wish people a good time. Yeah, but like you always say that like, okay, see you next month. It's like, see you next year. It's like so far oh, away. It's so far away. Okay. Well, see you next time. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us so we know you had fun with us. We have many more episodes planned, but if you have any suggestions on topics we should research for you, just send us an email to unscientificscientists at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at unscientificscientistspodcast and on Twitter at unscientificpod.